I really feel like this is just the fundamentals of being human. Magic is just what we call things we don't have a scientific explanation for yet. There were things that were really magical before that we now have all the biochemical processes, all of the, you know, we, we know everything about it. So we just don't call it magic anymore. But when you really, really get down to the sort of subatomic level of even just us and creation and consciousness, it's still a big mystery. And a lot of people, you know, it's still think we've just scratched the surface from a scientific basis. So we call it magic. We call it quantum healing. We call it all these different things. So personally, I think anyone can be a witch. You want to be a witch? Be one. What's up, lady? And welcome back to the Just Realized podcast. I am so grateful that you are here. And thank you for checking in and popping in for your weekly dose of big bitch energy and inspiration. Because that is my intention with this podcast is to share, to connect, and just go super, super deep with all the things that are rocking my world and inspiring me so that we can connect and inspire each other. So today's episode, super juicy. Oh my God. Today's episode is about magic and witchcraft and energy healing. And it's with Mallory Leone, who is a witch. We talk about that. We talk about what it means. We talk about so much juicy stuff. So if you need some of that witch energy, some big witch energy in your life today, then you are definitely in the right place. Speaking of big witch energy, can we just chat for a minute about last week's Instagram story, which I think I'm definitely gonna have to post because I posted a story of an outfit that I finally given myself permission to wear and it's really rocking my fucking world right now and apparently it's rocking yours too so I wanted to say thanks for everyone who reached out and connected with me on my new obsession this spring season on pink and green because pink and green <laughs> this season this spring is just giving me so much life I've been talking a lot, um, at least I know I have with my clients. I feel like I've been talking about it on the podcast as well around spring and all the spring trends that are coming up and this idea of dopamine dressing. I think I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on it after we talk to Mallory today about dopamine dressing, what it means. And really the idea is it's about being intentional with what we're wearing to bring joy into our lives. But there's so much juice behind it. And there's the trends that follow it that are just so amazing. And you guys know we create the trends. The trends are born out of what we are desiring in our life right now. And I don't know about you, but dopamine dressing and dressing to bring joy is definitely something I'm heavy, heavy, heavily leaning into. And I've been challenging anyone that will listen to me about shifting our mindsets and then also like shifting the way we dress and running away from the stories that we tell ourselves around oh, am I too old to wear this do 40 year olds wear lime green and pink do moms dress like this and just like really really leaning into it so wanted to touch on that on the pod today because I know last week I had talked about like I'm not I don't feel like I'm showing up on Instagram as much for providing value and I'm choosing to provide more value here on the podcast but I am absolutely showing up in my stories and my dms and I just wanted to say thanks for interacting with me and loving on my pink and green I also wanted to take a moment to explain and really get clear on the three ways you can work with me because through those dms and those conversations that was probably one of the number one questions after like where did you get that where are you wearing that tell me again, how do I really work with you? It's funny because as a small business owner, I think that's one of the biggest challenges and blocks we face is we think it's really obvious. And in my experience, and maybe it's just what I'm doing and how I'm serving through style is 
people, I've noticed that people need to be reminded, but duh, I need to be reminded of things I know every day too, right? Like my self-worth, my value, how amazing I am that I'm allowed to wear pink and green and show up and be anything I want to be. So the three ways that you can work with me, if you've really been loving this and you're like, oh my God, yes, Katie, I really want to tap into style as part of my mindset toolbox. Let's do this. One, if you have a big event coming up, maybe you are going to be doing a photo shoot, maybe you're doing a speaking event, maybe you finally booked that TEDx talk, hit me up, we can do some planning and some support around your specific event. The second way that you can work with me is through style refreshes. If you feel like you have a really good handle on your style and you just want some style squad sisterhood in your life, we can work that way too. And style refreshes are where we are editing the closet, making sure it matches your lifestyle and or your desired lifestyle. And just where your seasonal updaters, what are we intentionally adding to your wardrobe so that your wardrobe is meeting your body, right? And that it's meeting your life and your dreams and your goals. The third way that you can work with me is through my five-week signature styling program, right? So this is a coaching style, mindset styling program around tackling the parts where we're really struggling and have blocks around what style is, which ultimately is tapping back into ourselves and really reawakening and getting back in touch with ourselves. And then I will take you through the foundations. We'll do body shape analysis and really focus on how to balance up your body, not change your body, balance up your body so that you feel amazing every day. We'll talk about how to incorporate color into your wardrobe so that you feel really, really good. We'll talk about, well, we won't talk, we will (laughs) build your confident closet together. And then we will intentionally do some shopping and create outfits that fit your lifestyle. So those are the three ways you can work with me. So you can hit me up on Insta because I am still living in my DMs chatting all the time at Katie Allen Stylist. You can hop on the website katiejuststyled.com backslash contact and book a chat. Just you and me chatting on the phone to see if it feels good and if you really want to hang out with me, but you do because we're awesome together. And or shoot me an email, katie at katiejuststyled.com and we can do the damn thing. If you're like, I'm not really interested in styling, but I would love to know how else I can support you and your business because I really, really love showing up weekly for the value and the content that you are providing and the inspo that you are giving me on this podcast, then share the podcast, share it with a friend um, share it with anyone that you know needs the message or the inspiration or a good laugh, if nothing else. Um, share the podcast. The more women that we share it with, the more women we can support, the more happy the world is going to be, the better place we will be creating. All boats rise when the waters rise, correct? So you can share it with a friend. You can always rate and review the podcast as well. And then that supports the podcast and gets more women listening and hearing and um, sharing in our community. So those are all the ways you can work with me. And I just again, want to just say how grateful I am for everyone who always shows up and encourages me when I start doubting myself or the message or the podcast. We all need those reminders. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And without further ado, enough about me. Let's talk about Mallory Leone, the energy healer, the witch, the owner of Four Corners Studio, my new witch friend. She's amazing. We had such a fucking good time talking. It was super genuine. She likes to go really deep, really authentic. It really is going to shine through in this podcast. I know you are going to love it. We talked about so much juicy stuff around witchcraft, what it means, what it means to be a witch, how to become a witch. What ancestral lineage is, what that means to you, how to tap into it. Just so much stuff around that. Uh, The difference between rituals and spells. We talked about the new moon and moon cycles in general and signs and synchronicities. It's jam fucking packed. And it's really just an eye opener. Take from it what feels good for with you. Leave the rest of it. And 
always learning, always growing is really the motto for this podcast and my life. So enjoy it. I think you will love it. It was a very, very fun, dynamic conversation. Super juicy. So tune in, have fun, and I will see you, lady, on the flip side. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh my God. Today, I say this every time, but today is going to be the best day ever. It's going to be the best episode ever. So for the first time ever, my first witch ever on the podcast, let me introduce you to Mallory Leone energy healer, witch, and owner of Four Corners Studio. Like, thank you so much for being here. Take it over. Tell us about yourself. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. How fun. So yeah, here we are. Uh, I've been practicing witchcraft since I was a little girl. I think my first spell was probably when I was 10 or 11. And my best friend and I at the time, we grew up in sort of a small town. I always say that geographically it's quite large, but mindset wise, and <laughs> it was pretty small, a little, little conservative and not a lot to do in the Central Valley of California. And we used to go to the library and we would pick up books and we would do our research and we would sneak out at night and do spells. And that's when it all started. And that's when when I... I realized that magic was real and we could start to manipulate our reality and in a really big way, take back some control. I think that prepubescent humans are right at that precipice of realizing that they have agency and independence while at the same time not having any because they're in school and their parents control their lives. And so it's such a beautiful time actually for kids to get into this sort of thing because it helps to teach them that they do have power. And and that's where it all began. And it really has just evolved from there. And I've been studying this stuff on and off for years, had a little bit of a rebirth, reawakening after a big divorce and a big family shakeup. Uh, Gosh, that was now like five or six years ago. And that's when I started to go really deep, started uh, studying a little bit of shamanic principles and teachings. I am not a shaman, uh, but I do study and practice some shamanic tools and practices. Uh, energy healing, quantum physics. I mean, you can just really keep going and going and going with this stuff. But my favorite thing to do is to get back to our unique lineages to start there. And really folk magic is my favorite because that is what people use throughout history to, again, take back their agency, take back their power in situations where they maybe maybe didn't have any. (laughs) And so that really is the kind of magic that, well, I mean, all magic, all of these practices, all of these healing practices, they span continents, they span cultures. This stuff is everywhere. There is Muslim magic. There is African magic all through Africa. There is uh, sort of a post-colonialism, early Americana type practices all throughout the South of the Americas in in actual South America, Mexico, throughout the Caribbean. I mean, it's everywhere. Russia, it's, it's truly all over the place. And so when you can get back to what you're made of, your, your unique makeup, that's a really beautiful way to start. So I love, I love folk magic. It's it's the best. So good. Thanks for letting me just throw you into the deep end. I was like, yes. I <laughs> other than again, this is another one of those people I've stalked on the internet, but we're not really friends yet, so I don't have a whole back end story. Because right. <laughs> that is a thing. I'm like, I will just like certain people stick out to me, and I will just be like, ooh, like I am going to get to know them and have them on my podcast. Um, so thanks for just like jumping in with me there. You said so like, many yeah. things. I don't even know where I want to start, but I love what you said about um, pre pubescent agency because I'm like, God damn, my daughter has so much agency. And if I just had an ounce of that, because <laughs> I'm like, really, she's not in control because I literally feel like she controls my life. And I mean that in the best sense of she knows exactly what she wants, who she is and all the things. And I try really hard to walk that line of letting her express herself, however that is. And it's always radically different than 
of course, what I thought my kid would be like and or like my own personal expression and try to learn from it so much. So like that really stuck a um, chord with me. I was like, yes, let's talk about agency. Um, I love folk magic, though. You're going to have to like, that's a rabbit hole. So I'm really good at doing tangents. So we're going to put that one over here and come back to it for a second. Um, that sounds like amazing to me. And I definitely want to talk about the lineage. But I want to back it up for like just a second and like get to the basics of what you're like. So I'm an energy healer and I'm a witch. What does that mean to like ah, practice yes. witchcraft and to identify? Can anyone be a witch? Like what makes you a witch? Okay. Well, I personally think, and hey, there are many, many different schools of thought on this, many different traditions, many different types of study, uh, different approaches to covens, different approaches to solitary magic. I mean, it's just endless. You could read a thousand books and you're just scratching the surface because this goes back as far as humans existed. Mm -hmm. To me, if you want to be a witch, you're a witch. And there are other schools of thought wherein you have to... It's a little bit more hierarchical. So you would have to maybe study for a long time under someone. You would maybe have to kind of work your way up the ladder until you can be... I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, the power is bestowed onto you at some point. Neither. That is obvious. <laughs> obviously not how I practice. Obviously not how I teach. I really feel like this is just the fundamentals of being human. Magic is just what we call things we don't have a scientific explanation for yet. There were things that were really magical before that we now have all the biochemical processes, all of the you know, we, we know everything about it. So we just don't call it magic anymore. But when you really, really get down to the sort of subatomic level of even just us and creation and consciousness, it's still a big mystery. And a lot of people, you know, still think we've just scratched the surface from a scientific basis. So we call it magic. We call it quantum healing. We call it all these different things. So personally, I think anyone can be a witch. You want to be a witch? be one. On the flip side of that, if you want to practice magic, if you want to think magical thoughts, if you want to heal at that level. And when I say heal, I, I'm mostly referring to the idea of using your subconscious, using uh, different correspondences, using different maybe spells or rituals, different types of spirituality to start to heal from the soul out. <laughs> and you can do that and not call, call yourself a witch at all. You can just do that and call yourself whatever you want. It, it's still a very loaded term, even with the popularity that is you know, go, blowing up out of control. It's, it's still very loaded. People are still very uncomfortable with it. And my other life is I'm actually a science writer and editor for a lot of um, nutraceutical companies, CPG companies. So I work with PhDs and you know, doctors all day long. And we're only talking about the, you know, about those biochemical reactions and about how things work from a scientific perspective. And so, um, <laughs> kind of have my hand in both worlds. It was actually science that brought me more into my magic because at a certain point I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's, there's another piece of this that is impossible to study because energy and people's each of us has this unique energetic blueprint and our ancestral stuff and and the way that we interact so uniquely with the world around us that it would just be impossible to to study it according to the the standards and procedures of of modern science. So I was like I want to do that. I don't <laughs> studies can only go so far. <laughs> It's so funny that you said this. So my husband and I try to go for walks every day. I mean, this whole, he was down the quantum physics rabbit hole the other night. Like I was like, what site were you on? He's like, I don't even know. Like one of those holes where you're like sight after sight after sight. So we just have these like really, you know, big all over the place conversations. And I was saying to him, I was like, all of that's great. And all, all that makes sense. I said, but it doesn't matter because everybody's perception is different. Is it me and you are having different perceptions of this walk and this conversation just because of how we spend our days, even though we spend almost all of our days in the same house together and we're essentially living the same life with the same kids in the same house and the same food, but we're still having different interactions all day long. So like, so like, that's the part for me that's always so fascinating where it's like one plus one is two, that's fine. But like, what I hear, see, think, or feel when someone says that and what you do is totally different. Absolutely. And not to mention the ancestral 
things that you're bringing forward, everything from your childhood, every single piece of subconscious programming that you picked up before you were even a conscious being. Uh, it's absolutely. I mean, we're all just these these little spiritual beings walking around, totally, completely creating our entire reality independent of the person next to us. It's wild. It's, it's completely hard. wild. Well, let's go down that rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> Ancestral <laughs> couple times, so let's tap into that. What does that, um, yeah. that even mean? Take us down there. Well, yes. Okay. So many, many schools of thought. Again, personally, have my own belief system that has worked for me. But our ancestral lineage, let's say, is made up of a whole bunch of different levels of ancestors. So you can think of the ones that you knew. So maybe people who have passed on, uh, and then you have the ancestors, the ancestors that perhaps you did not know. And you can just assume that, you know, for, for instance, my, a big part of my family is from Calabria, Italy. I didn't really know many of them, but I know that there were a whole bunch of them at some point <laughs> living in Southern Italy, living in Norway, living in Finland, whatever. And then there's the ancestral energy of the land, the land that you grew up on, the land that you're originally from, the land that you've maybe moved to. So I'm on land right now that you know, never belonged to me or any of my actual ancestors, but I can I can do the work and and put the energy out there to to communicate with this land that I'm on and and it becomes a part of me. There are really, really close friends, close family members, people that had an imprint on your life in some way. I mean, you could also take it as far as like the rocks and the mountains and the the plant matter and the animals around you. It, it really is just about, uh, recognizing the part that you play in that bigger picture of not just life right now, but life in the past, life in the future. And so we all become a little bit related. Now people can tap into their ancestral lineage to heal. Uh, oftentimes we have places where we can go and heal those parts of us that maybe our ancestors didn't have the opportunity to, to do so. And so we can do that for them. When you feel the call towards things like energy healing, witchcraft, quantum healing, shamanism, those sorts of things, I would argue that there's something in you that is heeding that call. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit everything that you're doing and become a shaman or <laughs> become a professional energy healer or witch, but you are heeding that call to say, hey, I'm going to do this healing. And on an energetic level, it has this beautiful uh, effect where it, it, it it's a ripple effect that kind of goes through space and time and helps to heal those lineages, helps to heal really everyone that you're connected to presently as well. I've seen incredible things happen in within my own family unit over mm -hmm. the years. As And I'm not telling them like, oh, you got to go do Reiki. I'm saying... Hey, you do you, 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 you do whatever you need to do. I'm going to do all this healing and I can, and then I witness uh, what happens around me, even with them getting healthier, having hard conversations that we've never would have been able to have in the nineties. Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like, Oh, I really need to go get some fucking raking. There's a couple people in my life. <laughs> And uh, it's it's really beautiful. It's it's a really beautiful way to heal. Um, you know, there's there's a conversation in the spiritual community that pops up every now and then that I love, which is we, in the West, especially we we are very conditioned to think of the individual. It just is what it is. I'm, I'm not here to say that it's wrong or that one way is better than the other, but we do have a tendency to focus on the individual rather than the, the collective or the community. Mm -hmm. And so in a from, a from a Western perspective, the healing community, and that includes everything from yoga and meditation and therapy to Reiki, energy healing, witchcraft, shamanism, is that we're really hyper-focused on like, how can I heal? How can I become the greatest expression of myself? How can I rise above? How can I make quantum leaps <laughs> and, and up level? And, and I, I really would argue that while, yes, absolutely, we need to focus on the collective. We need to tune into that more and, and create co these conversations and, and have these hard conversations and heal our communities and give back that unless you can only love as much as you love yourself. It's in my experience, that is that has always been the case. And when you start to expand that ability and that, I don't even know what to call it I, I, besides ability, when you start to feel that happening, like, holy shit, I love myself more than I ever have. 
it it breaks your heart open in this way that it enables you to give back and and love others around you in a way that was inconceivable before. It was it's insane. And that that has its own ripple effect and I think it's really important. Yeah, that's a really good point. When I think about just when I feel confident in myself and someone else is doing something, I don't feel old feelings of like, oh, like whatever the story is around that, that I would tell myself about not being good enough or not being able to celebrate for them because it's like, oh no, I need, I should be doing that too. So then you could show up and like, oh my fucking God, I'm actually so happy for you. And like, this is really, really inspires me. So true. Like just even on that basic level that everyone can relate to that. Right. So absolutely. Um, absolutely. Money is a great example because it's, you know, it's something that we all can relate to. It's something that we all have hangups about and healing to do with. And <laughs> are, no, I don't have that. I don't have that issue. Um, and it, it makes me think of it, like just the energy again, because it's all about our unique perception of the world around us and our perspective if you have you know 10 bucks in your account and you've done a ton of healing around that and it's someone's birthday and you send them seven dollars for their birthday coffee on venmo and you literally are so stoked that you only have two dollars left because you did that versus being like oh oh my god i can't do anything like i really want to send this but i can't like it and it's real like that is a real thing that has happened to me that has happened to people that i know and what's the difference the, mm-hmm. the, the amount of money was still the same the only difference is your perception and then your reaction to what you just did and people can feel that yeah. and they appreciate it and in that in and of itself even though it's a very like real world example is very healing and i'm not pushing people to go give away their last 5 bucks it has to happen authentically you can't just do this stuff performatively unfortunately <laughs> i really wish you could you actually have to <laughs> you actually have to go deep and and do that healing um and then then there's that sort of the reaction and and how how you how you interact with the, the world is the byproduct of that. And it's really, it's a lot more fun than being like scared and sad all the time. Which isn't to say that I don't get scared and sad, but you know, most of the time things are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because um when I started my little self-development spirituality journey, it was just like because I just I was living obviously in that scared, weird, sad space all the time. And being a mom and I just, I just had never focused on myself. And like my first kid was a lot easier than my second kid. And I don't know if that's a thing. I think it's part of the trick that how you have more than one. And I didn't talk to anybody about anything I was doing, but like, I just started feeling better. And then I never really talked to my kids about what I was doing, but just what I was really getting back from them or the way I would see them even answer questions to each other or other people around us was so different. And that was when it really started to click for me was with them. Because I mean, yeah, I would, people would reflect back to me what I was reflecting back in like a professional setting or whatever, but like watching my own kids, I was like, oh, okay, so this shit actually might be working. Because obviously they were the big catalyst of that because I felt like I was drowning because I was always doing things for them and everybody else and them. <laughs> and seeing them reflected back, I was like, oh, fuck, and I never even talked to you about that. But now all of a sudden you have more confidence just because I do. Amazing. It's magic. It's, it's magic. magic. That's so, so a question, like a super basic question that popped up in my head kind of when you were talking through this is what's the difference between like a ritual versus spell? I, I will use the word ritual super freely and feel really comfortable. But then when you're like, and I was doing spells and I was like, mm, I'm not good enough to do a spell. Oh yeah. That's such a great question. And I love the way you framed it. Um, and I get this a lot. And again, I think that just to address like a little teeny part of that, the spell kind of ends up being the more intimidating one because again, it's loaded. It's a loaded term with a loaded history. I do remember when I got back into witchcraft in adulthood after taking my teen years off um, because like, I don't know, hormones and horribleness um, (laughs) (laughs) that I was really intimidated by spells. And a lot of the, the way that a lot of spell books are written and a lot of books on witchcraft are written and for, for good reason, somewhat. Um, the, it's it's a little bit intimidating on purpose because they don't want you to just fuck around with energy and fuck around with people's will. And it, there there is a certain degree of wanting to be careful 
And so I get that. Um, the best way to differentiate between a ritual and a spell for me is that ritual is a little bit more free form. It's the things that I'll do every day, like my meditation or my stretching practice, or maybe a beautiful herbal bath where I'm just sitting back in the bath and I'm just letting information come in, or I'm releasing emotion, just crying, playing music, lighting candles. Um, ritual, I'm sure a lot of people would define that as a little bit more structured. When I think of organized religions, those are rituals, right? And they have very, very set instructions. But for me, it ends up being a little bit more of the free form. I'm not giving a ton of energy to it. I'm not focusing on a very specific goal. That's mm-hmm. where a spell comes in. For me, again, so many different ways to think about this. This is not the only way. Literally, you know, do your research, see what resonates with you. But for me, when I do a spell, I'm putting a ton of work into my intention. So that's first and foremost. If you don't have a strong intention, don't do a spell. It's silly. Because even if this, even if the intention is, I need more clarity, please give me clarity. You, can you give us a really specific intention? Because that's where like, I will get in my head. I'll be like, yes. what if I could remain? Yes. And, and please keep in mind too, that I've been doing this for you know a couple of decades. But at this point, I know myself. I know my energy body. I know how I feel about things well enough. I know enough about my like cosmic makeup too, like my astrology and my energy, my human design, all of that sort of thing. That all really helps too, to know when I'm not clear. That took a long time. It took a really long time. So I would just be doing spells willy-nilly. I'd be like, banish that, bring that in. (laughs) And it's not a bad thing. You can totally experiment with this stuff on your own and see what feels right. But it always felt like I was trying to force things to happen before they were ready. I do think because Saturn, right? (laughs) Saturn, Saturn rules my chart. Um, Saturn is a planet that is, um, very like a little bit more slow moving, really tries to teach you patience and diligence. And because it, and I, and then the rest of my chart is like 60% Sagittarius. I'm like on fire all the time. I want to start 20 million different projects. I want to travel across the world. I want like, and so the marriage of those two energies has been really interesting. I think going throughout my thirties, that's been the, the main thing that I've been working on. I'm at a pretty good place with it to where even just this week, I'll give you a great example. I felt some big shifts coming in. We have a new moon tomorrow as, as, as we're going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a new moon tomorrow and new moons are generally about planting seeds for something that you want to bloom or sprout or become. So we're creating, right? And I don't do spells every new moon. I really don't. It's, it's exhausting. (laughs) You can, you totally can. But for me, I'm just like, I don't need to start new things every single month. Like let's, let's integrate. Let's take some time with this stuff. So I felt a few days ago, I was like, oh no, this is going to, um, this is going to be a juicy one. I'm excited about this one. Not for any particular reason. Um, it's in Pisces. I don't know, like whatever it, like it is what it is. It's, I'm, it probably has some, some huge significance that I'm missing, but for me, this just felt like a new moon I wanted to work with. So a few days ago in the evenings, I started do first, I did an offering to like ancestors, spirit guides, whatever. So that was just an offering. I don't get anything in return except yay, I did it. (laughs) And then last night I took a spell bath. So again, it was more, more of a ritual bath, let's call it. Cause I was just letting it cleanse, letting it kind of take away any unnecessary energy, any unnecessary thought patterns, and just kind of letting all of that go down the drain with the water. And then tonight, we're one night before the new moon. Tonight, I'm going to sit down in an actual sort of like a pre-spell spell and ask for a little bit more guidance, ask to get really clear. I communicate a lot with my spirit guides, and we can definitely table that and get into that in a second. Um, asking for signs and synchronicities that you then have to follow up and look out for and write them down and like do your due diligence. And then tomorrow will be when I'm actually incredibly clear. So I have now three things that I've written down. So I'm getting clearer and clearer. And then what I'll do is I'll take these three intentions through a process of, do I really want this? Why? What will it get me? How will the world around me change when I have these things? Um, is this really necessary? Because the actual spell, um, and this is where we'll kind of bring in a little bit more of, I don't know if it's advanced, but it's definitely something that a lot of people miss. 
Okay. Getting into energy. We are energetic beings. As physical beings, I personally believe that we have a finite amount of energy. I mean, go try to run 50 miles. Like, do you, can you, or can you run a hundred? Can you run a thousand? Like we have a finite amount of energy, but the energy around us is infinite. When I do spell work, the way that I teach it is you raise power with your body. You can raise it by using sound, music, movement. You can ask your guides for for that power, for that energy to come in and you sort of center it. You can use visualization techniques. You can, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I gather that power and then I send it toward my very specific target. So for instance, if I'm up for a new position at work or I'm, I'm in the in the hiring process, let's say, and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to haggle. I don't want to... I don't, I don't want to do that thing where they offer me 95 and then I have to say 110 and then we, and then we fucking... Yeah. <laughs> you know the drill. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And I know I want 120. I know that's what I want. So I will send all of my power to that number and everything in my spell will be surrounded around the idea of that person in that company offering me 120. Now, if you just think of that, that very specific target versus I want abundance, you know, (laughs) which do you think the energy will be more targeted toward? Mm -hmm. It's going to be that number. So that's a good example of being more specific. Uh, if you were not even sure if you wanted the job, don't do that spell. <laughs> like, don't do it. Cause I, you will get the offer if you do that spell, but then, then you're going to be like, Oh fuck, I don't know if I want this job. Then you're going to have this whole other existential crisis about if you want to take the offer, cause it's really good money benefits. So I hope, <laughs> I hope that explains it, but yeah, there's like a little checklist. I mean, this is, I, this, I teach this in, in my signature course, but um, that's pretty much it. I mean, you could just take that information right there and, and run pretty wild with it. The problem that I see in a lot of spell books is they, they list out the spell like a recipe. So you're going to have ingredients and you're going to have steps. And very, very few spell books that I see will ask you to raise and send power, which I think is crazy. They, I guess if they just expect you to like go through the steps and then, I don't know, visualize what you want and then you're, you're good. But I find it's a lot more effective when you work with energy. Oh, I love that. I really am trying to learn more about the energetics of everything and really trying to step out of it and like, any situation I'm in, how did it feel? What was I thinking before I went into it? Like mm-hmm. all of that, I've just, that's been the biggest thing for me of like starting going from corporate America, um, losing my job, which now I'm reframing to retiring at 40 um, to starting a business is like, I can totally see my business ebb and flow based on the energy behind it for me. And I've just mm-hmm. never seen it witnessed like that in that way. And um, so I'm really just trying to just curious about that. Like, how do I constantly tap into that? How do I learn more about this? How do I make it accessible to me? Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think the hardest part of that so far, and I'm curious if you feel the same, is like when you are feeling off and do you just fucking sit there and wait until you feel like you're back in your authenticity or you're back like online, so to speak, your energy's online. And that's been the hardest thing for me is yes, we have control. Yes, we have this, this immense power, but sometimes the universe just wants us to like lay in bed or take a walk until we like for days sometimes until we can kind of like get back onto that flow. And that's, that's been the hardest part for me, for sure. I I fucking hate being on a flow. I hate being... I don't like, I have no problem with like resting and doing those things and like treating myself to stuff. But I also hate feeling off, if that makes sense. I love taking naps. Okay. That's like something I've always been really good at. And like, I'm so glad that I'm a good sleeper. Super thankful for that. It's always been a form of like relaxation or a treat to me. So like, I remember like, I look forward to them. So like, I don't know, but I also love being productive and just feeling connected. Like you said, like online, whatever that is, I hate when I'm not. And um, yeah, I struggle with that a ton. So when you were like, I have a lot of Saturn. 
So I'm an Aquarius rising. No, yep. I'm an Aquarius sun. Oh, Aquarius sun. But Aquarius is actually my south node too, which I heard Ooh. that that doesn't usually happen a lot. Um, because supposedly you've already mastered the one that is in your south node, but isn't mm-hmm. that a lot of Saturn energy and the word patient keeps coming up for me and I don't fucking like it. I like making quick decisions. I like knowing exactly who I am, what I want. And then I feel like I'm getting a lot of people in my life who take a really long time to make decisions and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm yep, very- you have some massive Saturn energy going on for sure. Absolutely. Like- what the fuck? How do you not know if you want to do something or not? But however, I have learned through like make, being a quick decision maker that sometimes it comes back and bites me in my ass. Totally. Same. 100%. And so now when I see or sense that something isn't coming in quickly enough, I am able to be a lot more patient with it. And there's always something else I can do. Even if that's like decorating my bathroom or you know something kind of silly... I'm like, okay, well, that's what we're supposed to be focusing on right now, as opposed to this other thing that I'm feeling pretty, pretty impatient about. I'm I'm so there with you. The one thing that came up for me, um, it's funny because I was gonna ask you about this new moon, because I do follow them in some months I'm totally on and some months I'm off. But there's something about now I love my good birthday month, so I'm all about February and all of the things. And in my very linear mind, I wish that the astrology matched it with the month sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> I get that it flipped to Pisces season. I was like, oh shit, like I just had this feeling like an energy shift and change. And it might also be the weather, but um, I had gone to my husband and I was like, what if, and he wants to do it for the month, month of March, just because the way it's lining up. I was like, what if we like, we just didn't fucking doubt ourselves for a month. Like who the fuck would I be without just like doubting anything like money? Like, am I always going to make money? Am I being a good mom? Am I doing all these things? Clearly I've said how many times on this episode that I'm a mom, <laughs> like all of these things, like that must be coming up for me big time. And I was like, what if we just like, don't doubt ourselves? Like what would that look like for us? And so what I've been trying, because I do have a lot of doubt all the time. I've been trying to feel that, not feel it. I've been trying to focus on like, okay, like when you just said, okay, I'm going to decorate my bathroom. Like, how do I make myself feel good all the time? Because if I'm making myself feel good all the time, then I'm not focused on the doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I did a month exper- experiment once where I was like, what if magic exists? And I, I don't get to not believe that for an entire month. Because even as a magical practitioner, even as a healer, even with everything that I've done, I still I still have doubts. Yeah. At the time, I was also dating someone who was incredibly scientific-minded and incredibly practical and was just getting more and more and more so. So I was kind of going down this other path and, and then he was bringing me back down to earth a lot, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. I think there's a couple different ways to think about that. I think doing a, an experiment is so fun and will give you a lot of information. And then the flip side of that is what happens when we welcome all the doubt in at once and just have like a doubt shower, mm. like a doubt and shame extravaganza for like, 10 minutes or an hour and we just let ourselves feel everything Mm. completely. And we're, you know, on our knees on the floor, feeling it all and crying and yelling and journaling and doing all the things to get it out. And, or, or not even with the goal to get it out, but with the goal to just experience whatever we apparently need to experience in that moment and then see how we feel. Like if you let it all come in, is it, it, does it really have that power over you? Because you are, you're, you're like, okay, come and get me, bitch. Come yeah. and get me. Like I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that both are useful and, and something really fun to experiment with, honestly. And it's so funny, like Pisces season, if you think about it, it's the culmination of all of the signs of the Zodiac altogether because it's, it's the last, last one, right? Okay. Yep. It's the last one. And so it has all of these components and characteristics of every single sign that came before it. It's this beautiful culmination. It's also known as the most psychic sign and, you know, like swimming underneath the waters of emotion and psychic ability and its connection with, um, with, with that, that part of us is so deep and so powerful at this point. And so I think starting a, uh, an experiment of only magic exists and what is possible and doubt doesn't exist during Pisces season would be fucking awesome. Oh, 
Oh, we'll see how, how it goes. Um, <laughs> February was an interesting month. Um, lots of highs and lots of lows. I feel like that's something mm. that's been happening for me lately. The more I know myself, it's like I feel the highs and lows more than I've ever felt them in my life. But I think it's because I let myself feel the feelings where I didn't before. And this is a rabbit hole that we will not go down um, is drinking. So like I don't drink as much where I think drinking just kept me at this constant fucking state of not feeling my feelings, which is exactly why I was drinking. Let's be honest. It was doing its job. <laughs> it was working quite well. I mean, so like, I don't know what to say about that other than it worked. <laughs> and then <laughs> now it's not because I'm not doing it. Um, so super interesting, but I want to talk about psychic abilities for a second, but I want, my question for that is you mentioned signs and synchronicities in my mind. Those two things, like when I see things that happen or the signs or the synchronicities, to me, that's like my step one of tapping into my psychic abilities. Um, What comes up for you with that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely step one. Yeah, I I can't think of anything else except acknowledging the fact that you are in fact psychic, intuitive, whatever you want to call it. Everyone has that ability. We're all born with it. It's only you know, years, decades of conditioning and, and societal weirdness and pressure and the media and all of these things that pile onto our being, our, our emotional energetic being kind of telling us that there's only one way to do things. And so I think the one thing I would say about signs and synchronicities, I like to call them breadcrumbs. I like to call them pings because they don't always feel like the clouds are opening up and uh, you know, a shining light is coming through and giving you the exact right answer. It could honestly be you hear something in a podcast, you are then, I'm going to look that up. And you look it up and then that leads you down a rabbit hole of researching a course or an apprenticeship or something you want to do. I mean, that kind of stuff happens to me all the time. And then I just have to... The one step that I've added, because I'm like you, I just have a lot coming in. In human design, we have it's well they're like chakras they're these energy centers i i don't know a lot about human design but i know that my crown is open mm-hmm. it is not defined and from what i understand that means that there's a lot of information coming in at all times and i don't always have control over it and i don't always know what's mine or what someone else's or mm-hmm. you know book ideas course ideas uh, places i want to travel languages i want to learn even people I want to date. <laughs> like This has been a problem throughout my life because I'll see an opportunity and I'll be like, that's mine. And lo and behold, it was not. And so a step that I've added to this process of noticing and, and, and jotting down, I do keep a note in my notes app of signs and synchronicities. Not every day. I'm not crazy about it, but every <laughs> now and then I'll tune in and I'll be like, oh, that's so... This was the weirdest thing ever. There is an author. Um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna forget her name. Pixie Light Horse. Pixie Light Horse. And she I've been seeing her books forever, literally for years. And finally, I pick one up. I just moved to Oregon. I moved to Bend, Oregon. And finally cracked it open at the cafe the other day. I was just reading through it. I look on the back. She lives in Redmond. It's 20 minutes away. And I was like, I don't know what that means. It doesn't have to mean anything, but how is it that I've lived from Texas to Portland to Vegas to LA in the last five years? I've been seeing her books around. And the second I actually open it, she's 20 minutes from me. That's so weird. Now you could take that wherever you want to take it. I don't know what that means. It doesn't have to mean anything, but um, those are the kind of things I'll I'll just like write down in my notes app of like, that was crazy. Or you start to hear the same songs or see the, I don't know, just whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like, if I'm meant to be with this person, I'll see an owl. Okay, cool. And then you might see a picture of an owl or you might see an owl out on your walk. 100% that's possible. I just think that people will tend to give a little too much weight to this sort of thing. And they're um, they're psyching themselves out. It doesn't have to feel like anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, most magic, most intuitive hits, most of, of the psychic stuff that I've felt has felt so real and natural and like it's a part of me. It's not outside of you. That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest misconception is that you'll 
you'll suddenly start thinking differently or seeing things or hearing spirits. And sure, I'm sure that can happen. But for most people, it's so incredibly natural. That's a really good point because the, the, my, I have some key moments where I felt like, I don't know why, but we're absolutely fucking doing this or not doing this. And it was just the same as I'm like, oh shit, yeah, remember to do the dishes. And it was like, those two thoughts could have, and they felt this, you know, it was just like, oh yeah, don't forget to do dishes. Oh, P.S. We're not actually selling the house. Like, and that was a big one for me. And it was just like, I don't know why we're just not. And it felt just like any of my other like thoughts that I feel really strongly about, which is all of them. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's interesting. I don't know what my, I cannot remember. I have done the whole report on my, um, so I'm going to go look in a second. I'm not sure if I have the defined or open crown um, for my human design, but I'm a mansion. How about you? Wait, a what? Oh, a manifesting generator. Oh, a man. You're <laughs> like, like that? <laughs> That's awesome. I am a generator. Yep. Sacral generator. Uh, one yep. of my best friends is a, is a manifesting generator. And I, I think that that also comes with its own brand of constant kind of stuff going on in your head, right? Yeah, you you have a lot of you have a lot going on at all times. That's what I get from it, and it feels like. And I almost don't. And this is a whole other thing. I almost feel like I. And I'm sure this is how you use all your stuff. It's like I try to be really careful because I can get into believing all of the labels that come with certain things, and it's like, oh, manifesting generators can do things fast, and they can switch their mind, and this is just who I am. But I don't want to give myself that pass for not being able to do certain things or get clear or have patience because I'm not 100%. 100%. I had a friend who found out she was a generator, a sacral generator. And she's like, oh, well, I have to just wait until things come to me. And then I'll have the sacral response of whether I should do it or not. And you could honestly end up on the couch for the next five years waiting for things to come to you if you have a mindset like that. And I was like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what that means. (laughs) You know, we still, we still can like go out and do things and and figure out like go go to the herb store and see how you feel standing in the herb store if that's what something you think you might want to study and if you feel nothing if you're not having any sort of response then you move on to the next thing you don't always have to just wait there and for someone to call or knock on your door yeah come get me i'm ready for abundance um but I love what you said about um the breadcrumbs and the pings and i feel like what came up for me when you were saying that is like through that journey of starting my podcast and then assuming, right? Knowing that at some point the job was going to fall away and this new thing was going to show up, even though the new thing did not present itself before the job fell away, which of course is how I wanted it to happen. It was the breadcrumbs the whole time. And people are like, well, how did you do it? It's like, "Mm, it was a two-year process and none of it was in my mind at any moment. But when I did have an aha moment, it was two years worth of breadcrumbs like that kind of came up and I could, and only after I realized what it was, could I even identify some of those. They were just the little nuggets and the little weird things that someone said to me that I was like, that doesn't even make fucking sense. Why can't I forget about it? Like it's completely not even relevant to my life right now or what the fuck does that even mean? But for some reason, like I didn't think about it all the time, but it would still pop up like every month or two months, like that thing that someone said or that thing that, you know, that they referenced. You're like, why am I thinking about that right now? And then it was like two years worth of just that and just kind of just staying curious almost. And I was like, oh. It's an evolution. Mm, true. Yeah. It's That's an evolution true. and you can't skip a step. You can't skip a step in evolution it's impossible. And, and I think maybe the internet and social media has given us this impression that, or marketing, let's say, or media, that you can jump. You can jump steps. And f- for me, even if we're talking about really advanced sort of like energetic timeline jumping, which just very, very brief explanation from what I understand about it is that you can... Okay. If... 
we all have different levels or timelines that belong to us. So on one of my timelines, I am a preschool teacher or on one of my timelines, I'm married with a couple of kids. And then, but then on this timeline I'm in right now, I'm single with a dog in a studio apartment. So we all have these different timelines that we can sort of jump into you still, even if you picture that timeline, you can, the the timeline that you want to be on, I do think you can fast track. I really do. I've seen it happen. I went from making $3,000 a month to 10K plus a month in a matter of a couple months. And it was because I was doing that work. I don't feel like I skipped a step in the evolutionary process though. I'm 38 years old. It's not like I haven't, you know, been through a lot and healed a lot and done the things. If you try to jump to that new timeline of what you really, and you really authentically want this, it's not your mom that wants it. It's not your husband that wants it. It's you that wants this. I think you can fast track that timeline, but I don't necessarily think you can you can skip the steps, the evolutionary, the healing steps forward, which might end up looking like a little bit of chaos in between. So if you really want to, if you wanted to fast track that, if you wanted to fit two years worth of work and evolution of healing into six months, I would be willing to bet that that six months would have looked pretty fucking chaotic and crazy (laughs) and would have been a lot harder. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is just coming out of my brain and I don't, I might not agree with it later, but that's kind of how I feel in the moment. (laughs) That's really interesting. Um, And we kind of were talking about that a little bit with the quantum physics conversation that I had referenced earlier. Um, My husband ran a business years ago, uh, 2000, I think he started in 2003. And since I lost my job, his new business feels like it's quantum leaped, but I was trying to remind him And then, so he ran that business, lost that business. And we went through all these things and I had to remind him, I was like, you didn't just fucking start running a business yesterday. You had a business before anyone had a business. You didn't have fucking social media because it was 2003 and you've been looking and you've stayed relevant and you've had your finger on the pulse since 2003, dude. You didn't just quantum jump a fucking timeline in 2020 and 2021. You have years and years of little things that have all been part of your evolution. And then I think a big part of it was I had to get on board and I was never on board because I hadn't been through my own fucking evolution to be able to support you mentally where you needed to be supported. Like we weren't one in like the way we were, way we were perceiving life, whatever the fuck that means. Cause now I'm like on a fucking tangent. But <laughs> and I like, we just had that whole thing. Cause like when people talk about that, like you said, it's just, it's just really good marketing. It's like, Oh, this person is overnight success. I was like, you are not an overnight success. This is 10 plus years in the making. And because mm-hmm. we've been together the whole time, I know your timeline. I've seen you do all these things. It just, now you finally have all the tools stacked up and lined up and we've been through all the things. So this is, yep. I freaking love that. That's so true. I, I saw someone the other day post something that said, I'm a 13 year overnight success. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when I get in my little feelings about my business, he's like, Katie, you've literally been running the business for 18 months. He's like, just calm the fuck. Get your patience. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sit and with I- the evolution. <laughs> it does. And I, even when I think back to 18 months ago, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a different person. And I feel like I know myself mm. better, my business and all these things. This has been amazing. I have a couple more questions for you before I let you go. Um, so like if you had to give, share one resource, like if someone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. What's like the one resource that you think is a great spot uh, for people to start. So you have a podcast, it can be yours or someone that you love that like really open things up for you. Mm. Okay. First and foremost, I would say if you, if you resonate with what I've been saying and the, my approach to magic and witchery, do go get your Reiki one certification or look into it or look into Reiki. Reiki seems to be the most accessible and most widely available form of energy healing. And I, the way that I practice my healing sessions now look way different. I, I'm a big weirdo. I do vocal toning, which is basically like singing at you. <laughs> and I, I kind of have my own flavor, my own brand. Of, I'm a Reiki master, but um, I don't know how to say this in a way that isn't like, obviously I don't think poorly of Reiki. I'm telling everyone to go do it. Um, I just don't do it. I'll just put it that way. I just don't really use it anymore. I use my own kind of, uh, 
system. But what Reiki one taught me was just invaluable. It was like this really clear cut packaged way to understand the energetic body, how energy can flow, what it can do for your healing process, the meditations, the everything was just so beautiful. It really cracked my heart open in a really big way. Any type of energy healing, if even if you just go get a session from someone, um, I mean, I offer them remotely. You might want to feel it more in person. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Just to get an idea of how energy works because the really juicy spells and the really big magic is done there, in my opinion. I also adore hypnotherapy and subconscious work. I also feel that that's incredibly energetic if you find the right practitioner. And yes, I do have a podcast and it's really good for beginners because I like to make this stuff really accessible. I am I'm very real. I, I think that this is for everyone. It's our birthright to feel magical, to feel in alignment. It will only heal you and the people around you. So However, however you want to enter this space, however you feel comfortable, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Awesome. I have one more question for you before we um, pimp you on so everyone can find you. So being a stylist, I really try to tap into the energy behind clothes and like, how do they make me feel? How does the fabric make me feel? The colors. So the colors are a really big um, part for me. It, oh my God. Do you adorn yourself in anything special when you do any of your rituals? Like, like, is there like a go-to thing, um, or I should say spells that you do that you like, I'm going to do this. I'm paint my nails. I wear this jewelry or my hair, just like anything, any juicy bits. Yes. I love this. So I, during the pandemic got real frumpy in how I was dressing and kind of stopped caring. And before that I was super into it. Um, I would say that getting ready and putting on makeup and adorning myself in clothing that felt right and jewelry, that sort of thing, doing my hair, that was a huge part of my just everyday ritual and everyday practice. And then that fell off the map And now it's back and it's so much fun. And I will get ready to go downstairs to the cafe. I'll get ready to go get the mail. It is, I'll get ready when I'm just sitting in my apartment alone. It's so important. Specifically for spell work, I I think the thing that I focus on the most is um, like a cleansing practice and that involves physical cleansing too. So if I haven't washed my hair in a couple of days and it's time, I'll usually take like at least a rinse off shower. I'll wash my hands. I like to adorn myself in like pretty smelling lotions, essential oils. And then I do have jewelry. I Not all of my jewelry is, um, is blessed or, or has a purpose, but I do have a couple pieces of jewelry that have very, very specific blessings, like basically spells on them that I will wear during spell work. And Sometimes I'll just wear those during the day because they help me to embody the next level of myself that I'm moving toward. And all you have to do is look down at your ring or feel the necklace around your neck. And it's this really beautiful embodiment practice that is also helping to reprogram any subconscious beliefs because it's, it's just a constant reminder of that's who you are. That's who you're becoming. So huge. It's huge. And I'm I'm now investing in a whole new wardrobe. It's going to be slow because I want to be very diligent and uh, in, very intentional with it. But my, my theme is earth. So I'm wearing a brown sweater. I kind of look like a librarian right now, but um, <laughs> I don't have any earth in my chart. So you would think that I, I'm all fire and air. I have no water either. You would think that that's what my fashion sense would be. It would be more fiery, maybe more, um, maybe like flowy things or like really loud colors and prints. And I have done that before, but I find that tuning into the earth element has been so healing for me. And so I do have a lot of more monochromatic uh, clothing now. And I'll maybe just have like a pop of color, like a red shoe with a totally black outfit or something like that, because feeling more grounded is important for my little soul. Oh, I feel like I should have started with that question and we could have went <laughs> that was so juicy. I love the theme. Yeah. Um, that turns me on. And it's funny what you said, like, I don't have any blessed jewelry, but I always tell my clients, I'm like, 
what is the thing that it is for you? Because it interacts with your five main senses that we all are really comfortable with. And when you wear it all day long, it's the constant physical reminder of whatever the thing is that you want to achieve. It's like tying the reminder around your finger, like take it old school. Like I think of like Ernie and Bert, like tie your red thing around your finger so you don't forget to pick up the milk. It's that basic. So I love it so much. Where can everybody find you? Thank you so much for all your time today. Yeah. Thank you. This was so much fun. So I am at fourcorners.studio on the internet. And I'm very inconsistently on Instagram at Four Corners Studio as well. And then I'm a lot more consistent with my podcast. It's called The Real Magic Podcast. And just look for... There's two of us. I'm going to be honest with you. But you'll know which one is me. (laughs) It's The Real Magic Podcast. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for answering my questions and like going down and talking about all these things. So juicy. Anytime. I love it so much. So thanks so much for being here. Anytime, anytime. Thank you, Katie. This was so much fun.